1: Hello and welcome to the In the Pen podcast, part of the Pitcher List podcast network. I am Jake Crumpler, your host for the day. Joined us always by Pitcher List's bullpen expert Rick Graham. Rick, how you doing? I know you were just in New Hampshire. Was that uh, was that sick? Good to uh, get some time away from the
2: relievers. Yeah, it was nice to have a little bit of a of a break from uh, you know, being in the city and kind of getting away and being on a lake for a couple days yeah it's definitely needed at this time of the year Whereas we get closer to the end of the season
1: oh yeah it always feels like the dog days of summer are july but it's really like this second to last month where it feels like things are close to being done but we still got yeah. a third of the way to go so yeah i'm glad that you got some time off to uh, to recover and i also had some time off to recover as well as i celebrated my birthday on the 22nd yes. Ooh, 25, 25. Ooh. <laughs> quarter life <laughs> crisis here we go <laughs> but this is a bullpen podcast and we will be covering all of the news that has happened over the last week usually we have a main topic but there's been so much going on this past week in terms of players losing their closer job getting injured people moving up doing well going off it's there's just so much to cover that we didn't even need to come up with something special like we did last week when we covered uh which pitchers might be limited going into the last couple of months so today we're just gonna you know cover the the big news points um, from the last week um, but as always we start off by covering your closer chart your your top 30 closers from around baseball you rank them every week and we like to cover guys that are moving up and down the chart and this week we're gonna once again do three up and three down three guys that are moving up your chart this week are all guys that did not start the season as the closer and so that's pretty interesting it's it's closer roles are always moving and shaking it's it's hard to uh, pin them down but right now these guys have very firm grips on the roles and they've been performing quite well those three guys are Felix Bautista of the Baltimore Orioles Tanner Scott of the Miami Marlins and Kyle Finnegan of the Washington Nationals why don't we start off with Bautista why is he moving up your chart this week
2: yeah well I mean we can honestly with all three of them it's basically because they're the closer for their team and there's no competition right now so that's just, I mean, from everything that's kind of happened in the past week with injuries or, you know, guys getting removed from the role, there's just so much volatility at the back, you know, the back half of that list that by default, these kind of locked in closes are moving up the list. And, you know, Scott's been, well, we'll talk about Batista. So Batista's obviously been, you know, they went out and traded Jorge Lopez and Batista's filled in it, it probably been has been better than you know lopez was anyway so they haven't lost a step there he's been absolutely electric and he's like we talked about him a little bit a couple uh last i think it was last week and definitely mm. someone who i'm starting to think is like a f- top five or six closer potentially heading into next season wow
1: yeah, he's been uh pretty unstoppable. Thirty five percent K rate, sub one point seven ERA. He's already up to nine saves now. He's, I mean, he's just massive. I mean, I would yeah. not be able to get a hit off him. Not that I'd be able to get a hit off anybody, but it's like poor I Eloy Jimenez.
2: Oh man, did you see? Did, he got did, hit? in the, I did not see. He got hit in the elbow with a hundred mile per hour fastball. No, Ouch. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah, that, that's if Eloy hurt. didn't need any other, any more, you know, bad breaks. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah.
1: Dang, that's that yeah, that's that can't feel good at all. That's uh no. definitely not something that's good for an injury prone player like <laughs> Eloy. But uh yeah, Bautista's been super reliable all year long and now that he's a closer for a team that's really not bad at all. He's no. yeah, I mean, he deserves to be moving up. So we'll move to the National League to the Miami Marlins and tanner scott's been there we talked for a long time this season about how the marlins struggled to find a closer and they settled on tanner scott and he sort of held on to it throughout the season and it's not because he's been super dominant or anything there are better relievers in that bullpen but they've just stuck with him he strikes out a lot of guys and he walks a lot of guys but Mm -hmm. he's been able to hold on to the closer role is that why you've moved him up this week just because he's the He's one yep. of the few guys in baseball right now that that have a firm grip on their
2: role. There doesn't seem to be any sort of, yeah, anyone challenging him right now for the role, and he has been better lately. Um, you know, walks are still a concern. I think I put it basically whenever he walks, like a lot of his bad outing. I mean, it makes sense. A lot of his bad, bad outings come when he wa- puts guys on base. So if he could just like bring that down a little bit. I mean, it kind of remi- reminds me of like I was when Tanner Rainey like first kind of came up with Washington. And I'm like, just if he could just, you know, get the walk rate down, he's never going to like never, he's not going to have a great walk, rock, walk rate, but just brings it down a little bit. I think all of a sudden we're talking about an elite reliever here. And Rainey was able to do that for, for a season. And, you know, so I'm still waiting for Scott to kind of just reel that command control in a little bit this stuff's obviously dominant he gets tons of swings and misses he's always had a high k rate so you know he's he's close to kind of breaking out but he's still until that walk rate comes down he's you know someone who's not gonna give you the best ratios um but he's getting saves right now so at least he's giving you saves and k's
1: yeah, that's really all that matters in uh, yeah. in Roto Leagues, for sure. You would really just need guys that, again, you saves because there's only 30 of them. There's actually probably fewer than 30 <laughs> of them because it's also spread out. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting to see him hold on to a role, even though he hasn't been, you know, close to one of the most dominant relievers in baseball but yeah like you said he's just a guy who needs to throw the ball in the strike zone it's sort of a similar to a starter in aaron ashby who has just incredible Mm -hmm. stuff he just can't throw it in the zone like nobody's gonna hate your stuff bro just (laughs) throw it in the zone so yeah he i think he's he's either being too fine or he really can't control it but yeah it's turned into a 30 percent strikeout rate and a 4.25 era just about and he's up to 19 saves now which is pretty solid that puts him pretty high on the leaderboard and very surprising from a guy who was acquired in the offseason in a trade along with Cole Sulcer from the Baltimore Orioles. So the mm-hmm. Baltimore Orioles have just been pumping out relievers and just moving them all across the league, which is not something I would have expected prior to the season starting, but uh, we're going to stick to the NL East with the last closer, moving up the reliever chart this week. And that's a uh, Cal Finnegan on the nationals. He took over the closer role when Tanner Rainey went out with Tommy John surgery. Uh, actually, I don't even know if he's had Tommy John surgery yet. It was an elbow I injury.
2: I believe he did, yeah. He
1: did have it? Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. There it is. Kyle Finnegan okay. took over for him, and he's been pretty solid. I mean, he doesn't really have much competition there. His his only real competition, Kyle Edwards Jr., has sort of fallen off a little bit. They have very comparable numbers right now, so they're sort of just... It, it just seems like the same thing as last year, where Finnegan took over for the guy who was the closer in the first half, and it's just being... sort sort of decent you know he, he's not terrible he's not gonna blow your socks off but he, but he gets the job done why is he moving up specifically for you this week
2: yeah basically just because it looks like he's starting to push or pull away from um Carl Edwards there for a second it looked like there may be a bit of a timeshare committee thing going on but he's gotten I think the past two possibly three saves and he's been using he's been used more, more in the ninth and than uh, Edwards has so um looking like and, I, I, and Edwards has been good too but yeah like you said it's it's kind of there's not a whole lot of difference between the two so I'd imagine with finnegan having some sort of you know some experience in the role last year that that's going to help him you know stick in the closer position for the rest of the season
1: yeah Dave Martinez probably has some affinity to him that he just feels yeah. comfortable using him in the ninth like he did last season. But yeah, those are the three guys moving up this week, Bautista Scott and Finnegan. So if you've got them on your fantasy teams, feel comfortable right now with them. They they should be able to be pretty decent throughout the rest of the year, at least reliable and getting saves. And now it's time to move on to the three guys that are moving down this week. And there's some pretty notable names. Um we got Josh Hader, Craig Kimbrell and Rowan Wick. haters on the Padres now Kimbrell's on the Dodgers and Wick is on the Chicago Cubs all of these guys are sort of out of the closer role right now which are are they still on your chart
2: no I it was weird seeing Josh I had to put Josh Hader with the the holds uh list this week it's it's (laughs) just weird. weird yeah
1: yeah we were talking before the show I don't think anybody would have believed you If you had told them the order of events in the San Diego closer role, (laughs) we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, why is Hader specifically moving? I mean, why did he, why did he move off your list this week?
2: Uh, I mean, he's been removed from the closer role. And yeah, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, especially with all three of these guys, we're going to kind of talk about these situations and how they all have kind of fallen out of favor, but um, Hader's definitely the big, name that sticks out you know a lot of people were drafted we talked about actually we talked about him and Kimberl last week and now they might get some some sort of rest down the down the stretch but it might be a combination of maybe, maybe they're not getting rest but they're definitely not getting this type of high leverage work that you know they're accustomed to it looks like so yeah i i, I still wouldn't be shocked i mean it, it's good to see that hater has an understanding of what's what the issue is and with his release point and that seems like something that can be worked on and figured out, um, but it's definitely going to not happen overnight. So I still have hope for him having a big September, but right now it's it's definitely not what you know people who drafted him are, are looking for.
1: Definitely not. He was going super early in drafts, about as early as we's, we've ever seen a closer go in fantasy baseball drafts. And it, it was... It was uh, deserved. He had a 1.23 ERA last year, and it is up to 5.17 right now. So it's not really ideal. He's just been allowing too many base runners, and it's hard for him to work around it because he's, uh, he's a fly ball guy. And so when people hit home runs off him, they're going to be multi-run home runs. And that's not really the ideal uh, skill set for a closer. That's for sure. Another guy who has been dominant throughout his career is uh, Craig Kimbrell, and he is also out of the closer role in on another NL West team. And it's, uh, this one's a little bit less surprising. I think if you had told people before the season that Kimbrell wouldn't hold on to his role throughout the season, they wouldn't be as surprised considering how yeah. he performed with the White Sox in the second half. But yeah, it's like he's on the dodgers you sort of expect the dodgers to be able to turn everybody into an all-star and they haven't been able to do that with kimbrough they haven't been able to get him right he has a 4.36 era and obviously you're you removed him off the chart because he's not the you know one out closer anymore he it's not just him they're going to start using a committee or, or giving him a break like we uh suspected last week but uh what was there anything that's like caught your eye on him or, or anything or was there anything of note that like made you consider taking him off with any reason other than he's the he's not the the main guy
2: there he he has been slowly i've been slowly moving him down the ranks as the season's gone along kind of had him stuck in the like late teens and yeah it's just been i think we've, we've talked about it in previous podcasts how he's just been super hittable this year and you know, he's he's allowed base runners in almost every one of his outings and just, there's just nothing clean like the old, you know, Craig Kimbrough would just, you know, go strike out the side in order and call it a day. And mm-hmm. he hasn't been he is not even close to that this season. Um, I think it's a combination of trying. I think Dave Roberts brought it up and it's it, there could be something to it where he, he thinks he's maybe trying too much for too hard to strike people out instead of just going out there and trusting his stuff and, you know, making good pitches and executing. He's trying a little to be a little bit more, you know, finessed with his location. And it's definitely, it's not really the issues. I mean, it's, we're not talking about like Chicago Cubs, early Chicago Cubs era, Craig Kimbrell, where he was either walking everyone or giving up home runs. So so he's not that bad yet, but, um, it's certainly something they want to get fixed as they head into the postseason. At least they have time to, you know, get him right and they don't really have to rush anything with their comfortable lead in the NLS. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm more confident in Hader figuring things out than Kimbrell at this point, but again, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Kimbrell, you know, turns things around by the end of September and is their trusted closer for October.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's probably just throwing too many pitches in the zone, trying to uh, avoid walking guys, and that sort of gets him hurt because yeah. it just gives people stuff to hit. And his his stuff is still pretty good that that he should be able to strike guys out. But I mean, if you look at his last few seasons, they've just been I don't remember Kim- Kimbrough being this bad, but it was like 2019 6.53 ERA, 2020 5.28. He obviously was good in the first half of 2021, but he was awful in the second half, and now he's up to a 4.36 ERA. So for a guy that looked like a, a hall of famer through the first half of his career, it's really going downhill now. And you know, if the Dodgers can't yeah. fix him, like <laughs> they're going to need to uh, trade him to the Rays or something. Cause that <laughs> might be his last chance, but he's uh, really,
2: he's really only had, I mean, I think going back to that last season, he was with the Red Sox. He was really not good. The second half there. So like, mm-hmm. it's been over, a long time t- since the second half of 2018. I mean, He's only had one good half of a season and that was like the first half last year. So, yeah, it's it's not really something to be something to definitely worry about if you're counting on him uh, as a Dodger fan.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, joining Kimbrel as a former Cubs closer is Rowan Wick, who seems to has lost the uh, the exclusivity of his claim on the job in, in Chicago because he's just like he had a stretch where he was doing really well and it sort of faded this week as well as Brandon Hughes climbing up the ranks a little bit. We're going to cover him a little bit more in depth, but for now is wick just moving off the chart because he's not the closer. And, and do you have any faith in him turning things around in the, in the next few weeks?
2: Uh, not exactly. I, I <laughs> think I, and he was on, I had him on the up list last week and uh-huh. I did have the caveat that like it, his three saves came against the Nationals and the Reds, which, to be fair, the Cubs do have a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, they, they get the Pirates and the Reds a couple more times, I believe. So, um, but but yeah, he just he's just not very he's just not good. And I'm glad that they have giving Brandon Hughes a shot because he's he looks like he could be a, a, a nice piece for them moving forward. And, um. I don't know. Uh, maybe he can become the closer, of, you know, moving forward for next year and whatnot. But yeah, Hughes is definitely more more intriguing. And for those looking for someone in this bullpen, I would definitely prefer him closing out games than Wick and his whatever one point six whatever whip it is at this one point <laughs> six eight. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, so. it's not great. I'm looking at his pitcherless player page, and it's all the all the charts are blue and he's just he just doesn't have really any standout abilities and if you if you look yeah. at his strikeout and, and walk numbers, it was like last year he had a strikeout rate that was 7% higher than this year, which is this year it's at 22%, but he also <laughs> walked four and a half percent more batters. So it, it seems to be a trade-off of just like, oh, I'll walk less guys, but then I'm going to be a below average strikeout reliever. And yeah, I mean, he just seems like a, a middle of the bullpen type guy, not somebody you want to count on closing out games and putting a bunch of runners on base in the ninth inning is really not ideal at all. No, nope. yeah. Well, so those are the three guys moving down and moving off the list because of their performance over the last week or so. And hopefully uh, a couple of these guys can turn it around. There's definitely no guarantee Wick is going to be getting his job back because, like I said, he doesn't really have great skills. But Hader and Kimbrell have been struggling for a while now, and they're their pedigrees are not going to be enough to keep them in their closer role in the future, or get it back. But I'm sure all of these teams are going to hope that their bullpens are going to be able to turn it around in the near future. But now it's time to move on to the news and the changes and the movers and the shakers over the past week or so. We've got a lot of big news. We're gonna we're gonna start from uh we're gonna start with the Philadelphia, where uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez is out with a tricep strain or something.
2: E- yes that sounds right let me see yeah tricep tendonitis it was the triceps oh, okay something.
1: yeah that doesn't sound great No. Um, <laughs> yeah uh but i don't think good I've news is too well either
2: yeah good news is they're expecting him to only miss 15 days so that's see. good
1: but uh that does line David Robertson, the mid acquisition up to be the closer when he was first acquired, it was sort of unclear whether or not he was going to be the closer. And then based off what happened after the deadline, it seemed like Dominguez was the one who was being favored, but now with Dominguez out, Robertson is the clear guy there with Brad hand being the number two who probably won't be stealing too many saves as he seems more like the setup guy. But uh yeah, so how are you valuing how you excuse me how are you valuing robertson now that he is the clear-cut closer in philadelphia and are you going to be dropping dominguez in leagues that you don't have an il uh
2: i think i might because i you know they brought robertson over and the expectation was that he was going to be the closer and sir anthony would move back into the holds role and you know, surprisingly, kind of. You know, they they kept they stuck with Sir Anthony Dominguez in the closer role, which was you know it was you know probably the right decision. He's been pitching so well this season. Um, but now that he's missing some time and Robertson, and if you look at the Phillies, uh, the Phillies schedule is so. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I it's either the the easiest schedule the rest of the way, or it's it's the top two or three. So. I think there's a chance for Robinson to kind of, if he can sicken the role and they don't, you know, use hand and you know others uh, to close out games. I think Robinson can kind of just run away with this, and they can ease Sir Anthony back into the role into a into a holds role, and um, that would yeah. I mean, I I think you only are keeping Sir Anthony Dominguez if you have an IL spot at this point, especially. If you're, you know, battling for a playoff spot and you only have two or three weeks left, I think you have to move on from from someone like that.
1: Yeah, it's that time of the season where guy gets injured. You got to make a quick decision whether or not to cut him because there really isn't much time yet. If a guy misses the next two weeks, that's like a third of the rest of the season. That's a lot of time, especially for a guy that isn't guaranteed to take the closer back because the Phillies have other guys there that they obviously acquired because they were enamored with their ability. And Robertson has been great this year striking out 31% of batters he's got a 2.16 ERA. I think it's his best ERA since 2017. And he's got his most saves at 18 since 2016. And that's pretty impressive. He's been, he's been yeah. vintage David Robertson. I think he's like 37 now. Uh, pretty cool. He's going to be a free agent after this year, so they can just ride it till the wheels fall off. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's really disappointing because I was I was loving what Sir Anthony was doing all year. I think both of us were guys that were calling on him to be the closer way early in the season, and it it paid off well for anybody that you know jumped onto that early. But yeah, let's hope he can come back healthy. I'd love to fi- see the Phillies do well in the playoffs. They've really been an unfortunate franchise for the last uh, few seasons or so, and uh, Bryce Harper just returned today too. So they seem yeah. to be getting back to full strength, but. There are some other. There is some other big news going on right now today. Ryan Presley was placed on the 15 day IL with a neck soreness. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think so. Um, Which is really disappointing because he was my biggest closer in my home league, and that sort of just puts me out of the race. Especially because Zach Wheeler just hit the IL too. Oh, okay. Well, actually, the Phillies are pretty disappointing. They're just very unfortunate. (laughs) But um, yeah, Ryan Presley hitting the IL is not great. It it seems like a minor injury that shouldn't keep him out too long. It's also backdated to Monday, the 22nd. So he could return, I think, either the 5th or the 6th of September. And that's not too long, 15 days. And he will get the closer role right back when he returns because he is the clear cut guy there. But how are you valuing the rest of the relievers in that bullpen i think presley is uh i think he's a clear hold honestly because he he's he's like a top five top 10 guy in yeah. amongst closers so I, I think he's a guy you can't let go of especially because this injury seems minor but how are you valuing guys like raphael montero hector neris will smith and ryan stanick who do you think has the best chance at getting the majority of the saves going forward and who would you be running to the wire to pick up
2: I guess it would be Narris, but it's funny you mentioned all those guys who all have closer experience. And I'm reading mm-hmm. the little, the like the little uh, Yahoo write up, and it's saying Hector naris and Brian Abreu are the most likely c- candidates to handle the really? ninth inning. Which Abreu, he he's been good. He's pitched really well this year. He's been kind of the unsung hero out of that bullpen. But um, that would still that still would be a bit of a shock to me. With I, I know Naris has been. You know, a little hit or miss, but mm-hmm. I still like. I think that he's still probably the favorite. Um, Montero has been struggling a little bit lately, and Will Smith has been, you know, yeah, it's been very mediocre this season for both the Braves and the Astros. So they'll probably, it'll probably be some sort of committee, but at the end of the day. And if you're going to take a chance on someone, I'd say Naris, but. Yeah, you definitely want to hold on to Presley, I think, especially cuz he he might only miss another week or literally another week in like a couple days. So, yeah, if you can you can if you can hang on for another week, definitely um yeah, hold on to Presley i agree but i i don't know if naris is going to be the one he he's
1: you you noted that naris has sort of slowed or that montero has slowed down the past week or or two and that's true i think he's allowed seven runs across his last five and a third innings pitch eight runs seven earned Mm. uh that comes out to an 11.8 run era but he still sports a 2.61 era and a 20 five about 26 percent strikeout rate so he, he's been really great all year he h- does have the most saves amongst that uh group of closer committee guys so uh, I've always thought that he was the next in line there he's been the setup guy on the reliever depth charts on the reliever ranks every week so I have always mm-hmm. thought he was the next guy up but I mean yeah that's a great point that uh Montero has been slowing down recently but I think Neres has been too I thought he had like a really yeah, great he- he, Go ahead.
2: he had a bad bat. He had a bad outing this past week, I believe. But um,
1: yeah, I think he's yeah. allowed. He's allowed five runs across his last four appearances, which covers yeah. four point one innings. So not great. But yeah, I mean, all these guys, I think, are, are serviceable. I think Will Smith is the one who's going to get is the least likely to get saves. I think he would only do it if they have like a bunch of lefties, lefties coming up yeah. in the ninth yeah exactly i just don't think that he is that dominant out there actually i'm interested to see how good he's been since he landed in houston because they've been known to uh have great pitching mm-hmm. development beside uh the sticky stuff <laughs> but uh no he's yeah, not been great
2: he's been mediocre at best four and a half
1: era across eight innings since coming over at the trade deadline so yeah i mean i don't i don't really see anything there i think the wild card here is ryan stanick i think he's going to be the least rostered in most leagues he does have the best stats out of all of them he doesn't strike out the most guys he's second behind naris amongst those four guys but he's got a 1.28 era which is like top five in baseball amongst guys with at least forty innings pitched, and that like that's incredible. He, he's only got thirteen holds. They've sort of limited him a little. He does have the fewest innings pitched amongst those four guys, but he's been so dominant this year. I I, th- he, I think there's a there's a chance. I just wonder what Dusty Baker prefers.
2: He too has, I believe, has not been pitching very well as of late too. The bullpen is kind. Of, I think that's why Abreu got kind of a shout out there is because he's been he's probably he's been their best reliever this month. I think so. I, I they may go with him and they might ride the hot hand, but yeah, they do have so many other options who have closed out games before. So I I don't know if that's the, the role that they're going to throw him into right now.
1: Stanek's been uh like crazy. Uh, he had like a he didn't allow a run for like three months or something, he, and then think he think he's allowed two in the past month. So
2: he's had yeah he he has like these bouts with his command where he just kind of loses it, but. Yeah, for the most part, he's been really good this season.
1: Oh, that's a good point. He has walked a lot of guys over the past week. I think it's uh, four or five, seven across his last like six appearances. And that's not yeah. great. So yeah, maybe it is one of those times where he he's starting to lose it a little. But uh, I've loved Brian Abreu all season long. And it's mostly because he's a guy who can go multiple innings. Obviously, if he's the closer, he's not going to be going multiple innings. But he strikes out 35% of batters, which according to the pitcher list charts, he's 12th amongst relievers, which is crazy. He limits hard contact, gets a lot of swings and misses. I think he throws pretty hard too. 97 mile per hour ag- average velocity on that four seamer. And he's got a slider that produces a CSW of 38%. So pretty, pretty incredible fastball slider guy. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if anybody's the closer of the future, I think it's Abreu, and yeah. maybe that future is now, but it, it would only be for a short time because Presley should hopefully be back soon. But let's move on to one guy that we've already talked about. And that's Josh Hader in San Diego. I I mentioned this very quickly, but I don't think anybody would have believed you if you mentioned the order of events in San Diego. You know, like preseason, it was like Robert Suarez. I remember everybody was super hyped about him coming over. Was it Japan? Pretty sure it was Japan. Coming over from Japan, he was just amazing over there. And uh, he, he was going to come over and be the, the closer in San Diego. And that just didn't go as everybody planned because the team acquired Taylor Rogers like the day before the season started. And then Taylor Rogers was like the best closer in baseball for the first couple of months. I think he was leading baseball and saves for quite a while. Definitely the national league. And, uh, I think if you tell somebody that, and then also say, you know, then they acquired Josh Hader at the trade deadline that they would be like, okay, wow. Like that bullpen is crazy. There's no way a starter that they acquired who was pitching, I think he was pitching in Korea. Nick Martinez would be yeah. one of the guys in a closer committee alongside Luis Garcia, who was uh, acquired uh, as a free agent in the offseason. It's just looking back on it in hindsight, it's just crazy that it's gone this far. I think everybody had so much confidence in Taylor Rogers. I think a lot of people were excited about what Suarez was going to do. And then when Hader came over, it was just all over, you know, Padres are going to have just they just had the best deadline and <laughs> oof it's just been a, a rough few weeks since the deadline with the tatis uh suspension and now yeah. hater falling apart and you know those oh,
2: backs acting up
1: <laughs> oh i did not hear that yeah let's yeah. uh let's hope they can figure things out because last year's collapse was absolutely embarrassing so yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy but who are you favoring among Luis Garcia and Nick Martinez I really liked Martinez all year long I liked him when he was a starter I drafted him in TGFBI I liked him as a reliever because I love those guys that go multiple innings they're super valuable in pretty much every league if they're good and I'm liking him now because he's getting saved so who who do you prefer amongst Luis Garcia and Nick Martinez
2: it's a tough call I I think Garcia is going to get the most chances and I guess if you like honestly looking at it from just like a non-save perspective between garcia uh martinez and suarez they all there's none of them really not none not one of the three really sticks out as like being way ahead of the others so i think it comes down to who's going to get the most save chances and right now i think it looks like it's going to be suarez but yeah they all kind of do a little you know something a little bit different like suarez has a really good yeah, good change up Garcia's got a great slider Martinez can give you multiple innings can do you know stretch things out a little bit so mm-hmm. um yeah I, I, and then you got I mean Hader will Hader is gonna figure if Hader figures things out that's great but you also got Drew Pomeranz potentially coming back and I don't know if you can really count on him for much but still another you know high leverage option that they might have at the back end of the bullpen for September. So, um, I guess you just got to re- read read kind of the how this thing is going. And right now, I think Garcia is the favorite. But if it, if Martinez gets the next save chance, and you know he's definitely someone to to stash and you know ride with as long as you know they're getting that save ch- the save chances.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think luis garcia is also going to be the one to get the most saves but i love what nick martinez has been doing since hitting the bullpen since uh june 22nd oh that was a sound since june 22nd when he became a reliever full-time he has a 1.21 era across 29 and two-thirds innings pitch with a 22 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio so he's been pretty dominant as a reliever i think the uh Underlying metrics don't really support it as well. I think he's been pretty lucky. But nonetheless, he's he's been performing when, he, when he's when he been called upon in the bullpen. And th- that's sort of all you really want from the uh, guys coming out of the bullpen. But yeah, I think the Padres are going to do all they can to get Hayter right because they're going to need him not only in the stretch run once we get to the end of September or near the end of September, but also in the playoffs. So I, they're, I think they're going to do their best But right now. I I would hop on Garcia, but also I think Nick Martinez is definitely worth it to pick up because he has just been pitching so well as a reliever and will probably get half of the save opportunities with Garcia. I I don't know. They they don't have like the handedness thing. So it's not really like, oh, this guy's going to face all the lefties or this guy's going to face all the righties. I think it's just who do you prefer and watch who uh, ends up getting the saves right now? Nick Martinez got the last save, but the day before Luis Garcia got the save and he had pitched on back-to-back days which sort of led to Martinez. so it does seem like garcia might have the leg up but it's definitely worth it to watch as we go forward um we're gonna stick with uh or do you have any other thoughts on that
2: no that's yeah i I think if you're in a deeper league it's it's worth kind of speculating on both garcia and Martinez at this point and just seeing seeing how things play out
1: definitely so let's stick with um the Nos. where we're going to talk about another guy that we just talked about too. And that's Craig Kimbrell. We want to go into this bullpen a little bit deeper. Talk about the guys who will be getting more save opportunities while the Dodgers attempt to get Kimbrel right in the same vein as hater. Who do you think is the top guy to go add right now?
2: Well, I think, you know, Bruce Doug Ratterall just came back and he's looked good mm-hmm. so far. Um, but, I, I feel like, I mean, Evan Phillips has just been so good for them this year. I feel like he definitely deserves a shot. And I think he converted a save this past week. And I would love to see him. You know, I'd love to see them just kind of see how he handles the, the role for the next month or so. And until they or until they figure, you know, they want to put Kimball back in there um even when Shrining comes back I feel like you know there's no reason to rush him right back into save situations you can kind of ease him in they have a lot of local room there you know up however 16 games or whatever it is in the NOS so um yeah I think it's it's kind of interesting that they have all these they have like a pretty it's been they've had some injuries but their bullpen's still pretty deep and you know, there's the lefty and Alex Vesia could he's been pitching well. He could help out against lefties, but I, I think Phillips deserves the first shot. And if not him, I would love to see Gratterall. but I don't know if that's again just coming back from injury. There's no reason mm-hmm. to kind of rush him into some sort of high leverage situation, high stress yep. spots.
1: I agree. I've always thought Gratterall was the closer of the future, but I don't think that's just yet, especially with Kimbrell still in town. I think they'll use Phillips. Just because he's been so incredible this year, 1.29 ERA with a 31.5% strikeout rate. Those are uh, pretty hard to argue against as a as guy that deserves to be the closer. And I, I think the Dodgers will be just fine in that division, like you mentioned. So they don't really have to worry about it too much. But, you know, I, I think they'll just turn to the best guy. It may be more of a closer committee, but I, I think they're going to they're going to be smart about it. I think they'll, they'll give Kimbrough like, I think they'll take it easy on him over the next couple of weeks, maybe try to mix him into a couple closer role, closer mm. closing situations, save situations. I think that it's just, it just seems like such like a confidence thing. A lot of the time with closers that you just have to like, get a few batters out in a row, like have a few clean outings and then you can come out and do it in a safe situation. And then you sort of feel like, Oh, I got my mojo back. Like he just seems like one of those guys that can, I mean, I don't know him personally at all, but he just like, he seems to get flustered sometimes and it just like, he just needs to get that confidence back. Um, and then he'll, he'll be that intimidating presence on the mound. But yeah, this is definitely a bullpen to capitalize on. I'm sure a lot of guys have already, a lot of fantasy managers have already capitalized on going and getting Phillips, but he, especially cause he's been so great all season, but yeah, he's, he's definitely got a chance to get a lot of saves because the Dodgers win a lot of games, but also they sort of blow out a lot of teams. So there's not really many save opportunities. They've only Mm -hmm. had one across the past week, and that went to Phillips all the way uh, last Friday. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it's pretty clear, like, who's the next guy up, but it's not clear how long Kimbrel's going to be out.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. It is funny how, like, you know, sometimes we equate wins to saves he had the Dodgers really haven't had a ton of save chances this year and they're uh, they could potentially set the record for most wins in a season and you know like it just goes to show how dominant they really have been this season I don't know that hurts you I'm sorry to talk about (laughs) talk up the Dodgers but I mean Oh, it's it okay. What it I've is. gotten used
1: to it. I've gotten used <laughs> yeah. to it. And as at least they they won the World Series in 2020, so you can say the excuse of Mickey Mouse Championship and all that stuff. <laughs> they still have less World Series than the Giants, so <laughs> I've got no problem with the Dodgers being like, oh, we got the the regular season trophy, the division champion trophy. That's fine with mm-hmm. me as long as as long as they're heartbroken in the playoffs. But um, yeah, we we've got a, a couple more bullpens to cover before we we just go over a, a few more bullpens in, in sort of a lighter view and then close things out. But right now we're going to take a quick break. All right. And we're back. I am Jake Crumpler joined by Rick Graham. This is the in the pen podcast, and we're going to continue mowing down the bullpen situations across the league the ones that have been changing news that's been coming out some of the big news from a bullpen that has just been absolutely destroyed by by injuries all season long is the new york yankees bullpen it's been i don't even know what's going on there i don't know i don't know who they pissed off like what uh (laughs) what ancient god they they let out of a of a book or a a treasure chest or something they did something wrong they they because they've been just destroyed by injuries all season long. We've talked about it countless times with Chad Green, Michael King, Zach Britton, and now Clay Holmes and Scott Efros are on the IL. And the guys that they've gotten back from the IL in Araldis Chapman and Loisaga haven't been too incredible. And so they're basically sitting out there with just a massive closer committee, and it's sort of hard to figure out who's going to be the closer there. Um, who do you think going to going to take it? Because I, there's just nobody that's super appealing. Like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Lou Trevino starts getting saves out there, which I don't think mm-hmm. anybody would have uh, seen coming even after being acquired at the deadline.
2: Yeah, I know. Imagine, <laughs> just imagine thinking in April, that Hey, Lou Trevino is going to actually be the Yankees closer come September. Just so that <laughs> that would... no, I mean, that might be the case here because I I know Holmes is expected back on Monday, but I don't know if that's you know I don't know if you really want to throw him right back into the into that role because I'm not sure. I'm, the, there's definitely a possibility of the back issues played played into his struggles, but I also think that there's, you know, I it seemed like hitters were starting to figure him, him out a little bit and not chasing his slider, you know, his stuff out of the zone anymore, and that really you know that. His walk rate skyrocketed, and you know that led to obviously <laughs> to bad things, which is w- what will happen if you walk too many guys. So, um, you know, Jonathan Wisega is right now, I guess, the favorite, but like he has not been good this season as well. And you know, at, right, w- at, right as I thought, Araldis Chapman was turning a corner, he goes out and just has two awful outings, and. I, I think at this point it's going to be really hard to trust him at, at any point this season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, F Ross was definitely someone I was interested in. And of course he ends up getting hurt. So it's like, yeah, where do they turn to now? I, I don't know. They're, you know, I, they really need to hope that Holmes is able to whatever, you know, whatever was wrong he has been fixed with this aisle stem because they might be in trouble in that, with that, that role. Um, I really don't know where they can turn to outside of Holmes at this point. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's definitely impossible to trust Chapman anymore at this point, And especially cause mm-hmm. he's going to be a free agent after this year, I don't think they have any loyal to loyalty to him anymore. I, I loved what Trevino has been doing all year from a skill stance standpoint but i don't know if they trust him just yet like they don't i don't know it's like they don't know him well enough to trust him with that you know it's like you just got a new friend or something are you going to trust him like taking care of your house or something probably not
2: it's a it's a tough spot too for him to go from you know oakland and that's just like mm-hmm. closing out games at yankee stadium for the yeah it's that's wild
1: like yeah you got to have a certain mentality for that and louisica yeah. hasn't been great at all like he was amazing last year i loved what he was doing yeah. had him on a lot of teams but this year it's just been he's not striking out guys at all he's got an over 5.7 just not ideal and it just seems like it's going to be one of these guys that i don't think anybody's ever heard of like wandy peralta got the last save a couple days ago and it, i think it was like a one-out save or something so mm-hmm. that one's not too something to buy in too much but uh- maybe go ahead
2: I was say Aaron Boone does trust Rondy Peralta in some mm-hmm. like in these. Like that, he came in with the bases loaded to get one out. Like he Boone does trust him a lot. I don't. I don't know if he trusts him to like fully hand over the closer role to him. But I mean, that's definitely yeah, definitely a name we should we should mention.
1: I think the most underrated name is a 27-year-old rookie in Ron Marinaccio. His skills mm. are just amazing. He sort of walks too many guys. He's up to 12% on the walk rate, but he limits hits like crazy. I think he's got uh he's got a 13.2% hard contact percentage, which is hard contact per plate appearance. That's fourth amongst relievers. He's got a 172 ERA and a 0.80 WHIP, which is bonkers, and a 30% strikeout rate. So he he just does a great job of of limiting hard contact and just like it doesn't matter that he's throwing stuff out of the zone it's just his his changeup and and slider are just impossible to hit the the changeup gets a 38 percent csw the the slider is more for called strikes and stuff to keep batters off balance but honestly like at this point they might have to turn to him because he's been the best reliever in that bullpen for quite a while he's thrown 31 (laughs) innings and i i don't there's very few people that know his name i know that the yankees fans are probably loving what he's been doing so far and but I think that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. There's not much time on the season let yet. So it's sort of hard to speculate on this bullpen because it may take three weeks to iron out. Like who's going to be the closer, especially with Holmes coming back soon. So I don't know if it's, it's that worth it to speculate on guys. Obviously I think Lou Izzaga might be worth it to pick up right now because he does seem to be the guy that has the best shot at getting saves until Holmes is back. But other than that like I don't know if it's really worth it to go like speculating on Marinaccio or Peralta or Trevino or Chapman because there's just so little time for everything to figure itself
2: out yeah I I like Marinaccio too and rookie's probably the best guy right now that they have the best option they have right now um they also another 27 year old rookie that they just called up is Greg Weisart uh (laughs) I don't know he's been their closer for their AAA team and he is put up some really good numbers this season and I mean we're talking about the Yankees so like guys like Marinaccio and Wizar aren't exactly who you were expecting to hear you know talk about closing out games in September in August September but here we are so yeah uh just another name to keep an eye on I guess because he's got he does some pretty good stuff and put up some dominant numbers in AAA this season
1: yeah i mean it's mostly surprising not only because it's the yankees but just because they've been known for having such a dominant bullpen and they had that going yeah. into the season and now it's either all injured or all like not performing well so yeah very surprising i don't think many would have expected the yankees to have one of the most uh undulating bullpens in all of baseball but let's finish things off uh with a bullpen that is just only unknown names like we we're talking about Marinaccio and Weiser. It's basically like that's just the entire Cubs bullpen. We talked about Rowan Wick a little bit. It looks like he's going to be out of the closer role or at least sharing it with Brandon Hughes, who's, you know, a relatively young guy, a relatively new pitcher in the league. He's only 26 years old. This is his uh rookie season, but he's been incredible for the Cubs all season long. He's definitely been one of their best relievers. And I, I think he sort of deserves a shot at, at getting a getting some saves he's got the last three saves for the team how are you feeling about brandon hughes what how deep of leagues are you how shallow of leagues excuse me that's that's Mm. probably the better way to put it how shallow of leagues are you going to be picking him up
2: i think he's definitely definitely in the mix and 12 teamers for um you know a lot of reasons especially if we get the sense that he is going to be their closer for the rest of the year um the cubs are bad but they're not terrible to the point where and again like they have a decent schedule so i mean he should be able to if he if he has that role he should be a pretty you know good contributor for the rest of the year and definitely in roto leagues you're going to want to take a shot but yeah on 12 team you know standard head-to-head leagues i think he's worth adding and he, he, he does a little bit of he doesn't have a huge he doesn't have a insanely high strikeout rate but he has you know he he gets swings and misses he's not going to kill your ratios he's not rowing wick with a 1.680 whip so i mean (laughs) yeah i'm kind of i'm interested in him and seeing how he fares in this role you know i would like to see him you know in this role for the rest of the year and see maybe they have you know maybe they have their closer of the future there
1: Yeah, that would be cool if we could see this guy just sort of come into his own and emerge as one of the better relievers in Chicago. I I think it's sort of different from Wick. When we were talking about Wick taking over the closer role when Robertson was traded to the Phillies, we noted that the Cubs aren't too great and neither is Wick. So that sort of is a bad combination for a guy that's trying to get you saves. But this is like bad team and a guy who seems to be really good, like a near 32% strikeout rate is very solid and he... he he does allow a lot of fly balls, but he's sort of been able to work around that because he doesn't walk too many guys. He was only walking seven and a half percent of batters. So that's a pretty good combination of, you can keep your Babbitt down. And uh, if you, if you give up home runs, it's not going to hurt you too bad because there aren't a lot of base runners. So I mean, that's been pretty cool. He's uh, he doesn't throw too hard. He's also a lefty, which is, you know, the only thing that sort of hurts him because you don't really see too many lefty yeah. closers nowadays, but you know, the Cubs don't really have a lot of, lot to lose. You might as well see what you got in Hughes. Ooh, that was, I am a poet. That, there you was, go. that was sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, yeah, I also agree. I would love to see what he can do for the rest of the season. And uh, maybe he'll be, you know, pretty high up on the closer chart going into next season and will be drafted sort of everywhere if he can uh really lay claim to this role and the Cubs don't add anybody in the off season
2: yeah for sure i that's the thing is I feel like the Cubs even though they're not really in win now mode they still will spend some money, so I would expect them to you know still add a veteran reliever or two this off season but still fun Hughes is definitely a fun name to to keep an eye on for especially for those in, you know deeper save plus hold leagues
1: definitely i if you're in a 15 teamer i would say just go pick him up right now especially yeah. if you can move up a couple spots in in your roto league uh, on on the saves department but uh before we close things out we're just gonna quickly ro- roll over a, a couple bullpens a few bullpens just because they've uh They've been in flux all season and it's always worth it to check in and see what the heck is going on. One of those where uh, you just never really know what's going on is in Tampa Bay. It seemed like Jason Adam was the clear cut cut closer. He's been incredible all season long. 1.22 ERA with a 33% strikeout rate. But Pete Fairbanks returned and he's got the two of the team's last three saves. The other one went to Sean Armstrong because Fairbanks pitched on back-to-back days. The Rays sort of like to go in waves of using guys it seems like like they'll use jason adam for two weeks as the closer and you're like oh well looks like he's the closer and then brooks raley gets the next three saves and then pete fairbanks will get to go for three weeks or whatever so it's really hard to tell but you got any thoughts on the on the raised bullpen obviously you're gonna think that it's in flux but (laughs) is there any any bit of notes that you can give to prospective fantasy managers looking Uh, to capitalize on what's going on here
2: i think it depends on Well, you know what, even because even I I think Jason Adam, Pete Fairbanks, and Brooks Raley are probably, I mean, worth rostering in 12-team head-to-head leagues. I I, Like, why not? They're not going to, even if they don't get you saves, they're not going to hurt you with, you know, bad ratios, and you're still going to get some strikeouts each week from them and potentially a win here and there, as well as, you know, whoever the closer of the week is that, you know, they choose to go with, so... I think all three of them kind of have value, and at this point, it's, like, not even worth trying to figure out who the guy is to roster here. It's just, like, all three of them are kind of in a committee, but they all kind of have their own worth, and they're definitely back of the roster uh, relievers to to look at, you you know, having.
1: Definitely. I I agree on just the point of just holding on to them, like using them when you don't want to start a starter for a week or or just switching them in and out. I've had Brooks Raley in a couple of leagues uh, all year long just because he's been so reliable and he's been striking out like 30% of guys with a very low ERA. And that's that's sort of what you want, even if he's not going to get you a ton of saves. It's just he's going to improve your ratios and get you some strikeouts. Another Mm -hmm. bullpen that has been influx all year long is in boston we're sticking in the nl or al east and this one it's just been hard to figure out all year long and then now with tanner Houck being on the il for the last couple of weeks i thought maybe we would get some clarity i thought whitlock would just run away with this but he really hasn't and schreiber is still just having an incredible breakout season and last week it seemed like matt barnes was sort of coming back yeah. into his, his own but i'm not really sure there do you have any insight i mean this is your team i feel like you should know what's going on
2: so <laughs> it should be Whitlock. Whitlock should be close. Whitlock yes. should be the closer from now until his contract's out. I, I don't think mm-hmm. that I wouldn't even mess with him in the in the rotation. I would just you know they, they've got He's paid for the next six years. I think it is. So just put stick him in that role. But I don't hate the idea. I'm I'm going to say the Red Sox season's pretty much over at this point. I don't think that's a surprise. Oof. That's not a shock. To, but yeah. I wouldn't mind them if they want to just you know see what Matt Barnes can do in September in the closer role, just to see what they have there, and you know moving forward, then sure. Um, Schreiber has been struggling lately. I think he's a little bit. I think he's been overused in the first half and mm-hmm. probably not used to this type of you know obviously not used to this type of usage. So I'm I think they might want to either shut him down or just slow slow down his you know how they're using him a little bit so i I think it's between whitlock and and barnes and like i said it's whitlock's your closer to the future but i I understand if they want to see you know how barnes reacts to the role for the last month of the year
1: yeah might as well just Experiment a little, see see what's going on there. See, just evaluate your staff going into the off season, and this is a good time to do it when you feel things slipping away. Maybe you can strike gold and that kind of stuff. But Whitlock has just been so amazing as a reliever. I noted in the reliever ranks on Thursday that he has a. 4.15 4.15 ERA and 39 innings pitched as a starter. And in 31 and a third innings pitched as a reliever, he has a 1.45 ERA. So I think it's pretty clear where he excels the most and that's in the bullpen. And hopefully the Red Sox continue to use him there. And, you know, if they're actually trying to win games, it's going to be Whitlock closing out games there because it's hard to trust a guy in Matt Barnes with a six ERA.
2: Yeah, I, I don't expect... Anything he's been pitching better lately, but I still I, I don't think all is all is fixed there. So, but yeah, I mean they he, he's owed I think eight million next year, something close oh, to wow. it. So yikes. So yeah, you might want to see like you know what he what he has left in the tank here. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because I don't think anybody's going to be trying to trade for him this off unless no. you sort of <laughs> build up his value by showing that he still got it in the ninth inning. Yeah, but. Sure. Moving from your team to one of my teams, we're going to talk about the A's for just a tiny little bit. I noted last week that you should run to the wire and pick up Danny Jimenez because he does seem to be the guy who's going to be the closer. He did get a save chance; uh, I think it was last night. He blew it, and that was unfortunate. The A still came away with the win, but you know Jimenez was handed the save chance and he wasn't able to hold it down. It's it's pretty confusing what's going on there. I mean, Puck's AJ Puck's been used all. Over the place, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. And Zach Jackson just seems like the ideal setup guy. Like he walks too many guys to be a guy to trust in the ninth inning, but he's just like so good in those middle innings. He leads baseball with 26 holds, which yeah it's- how the, how the A's are so bad how does he have the most holds it's so weird he's just such an unknown name too I was like my brother is like basically just as big about baseball as I am and we were going to an A's game to see Sh- Shohei a couple of weeks ago and uh I was just like all right name like name three guys in the A's bullpen and he said I think he said AJ Puck and that Johnson guy I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. uh, You need to study back up on the A's, bro. But um, yeah, it's really hard to figure out what's going on here. I mean, I still think it's Jimenez. I still think it's worth to hold on to him right now. I mean, obviously he's not getting you any saves, but he's a guy that was getting all the saves earlier in the season. He was really good until he started to blow up a little before he hit the IL. What are you going to be? Who who are you most excited to add on your team in this bullpen?
2: I don't know if I'm excited to add anything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right with Jimenez I think it's like Jimenez is the guy and um there's no reason I, I think that's another situation where, like Oakland probably should, you know, take a look at him. You know, he he was good in the closer role before he landed on the IL, so like see what you got here and like give him the last month of the season to see if like he can be your closer moving forward because they have i mean he's under tu control for a while so it's not like the a's need to look to you know trade him anytime soon so i think between him and puck i feel like he makes the most most sense and yeah jackson jackson i don't i don't i'm so hesitant because every every week i see jackson getting like two holds or one or two holds and i'm like I don't feel like I need, I don't want to move him up because I keep thinking it's just like kind of a fluke and he keeps doing it. So I guess, I mean, he it's become a really effective holds option for holds leagues. But again, I'm not sure if he's been good, but I don't know if, I don't know if he, that that's really for real or not, but apparently it is. He's got 26 holds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty incredible. But uh Jimenez yeah. has been really solid since returning from the IL. He's only tossed nine and two thirds innings and he's walked six guys during that time. So he's been struggling with his control a little bit. It's sort of centralized into three of his outings where he walked mm. two guys in each of them. But he does. He's only allowed one run during that time for a 0.93 ERA. And he's also got 11 strikeouts, which means 10.2 strikeouts per nine. Pretty impressive. I, I still think he he's somebody that it is worth to go out. If you like, take out those, like it's like three outings where he gave up at least three mm. runs. His ERA is super low. It's probably in the in the twos, maybe even lower in the ones. But I, I think he's pretty reliable. The A's are just going to need to win some games to get him some save opportunities.
2: Yeah, that's that's the key there. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, sticking in the AL West is going to be the last team we hit before we look at a, a, a few. Pens that we'll be watching out for over the next week the Texas Rangers have been sort of hard to figure out all year they really have a lot of talent out there they've been turning a lot of guys into really solid relievers Matt Moore um, uh, Garrett Richards was pretty good in the season but they just DFA'd him and uh, they, they turned Brock Burke and from a starter into a closer and then they got a couple guys back from Tommy John surgery and Jonathan Hernandez and Jose LeClerc but They haven't really been getting too many saves. Taylor Hearn got a multi-inning save. I think it was probably of the three-inning variety because he tossed 43 pitches, and I doubt he did that over one inning. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, Matt Moore also got the most recent save, and uh, that was just his third of the season. It seemed like Jonathan Hernandez was the clear-cut guy, but it's really hard to tell right now what's going on here. Who do you prefer to add to your teams right now?
2: I'm st- I still like Hernandez, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just I was not I was hoping he would kind of run away with it, but then Matt Moore comes in and gets the save, and Matt Moore has been really good this season. So it's it's I understand why. Uh, what's the interim manager? Was it Tony Beasley? Or uh, I have think. no um, idea. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I mean I see why they're trusting him still, and that bullpen as a whole is like again sneaky. Kind of decent slash good. Like uh, between Le- Leclerc's been pitching a lot better lately. Hernandez has been good. Um, and then the two lefties and Burke and Moore have pitched well. So yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I still like Hernandez, but it is frustrating seeing Matt Moore kind of mess things up there because I don't think you're rostering Matt Moore, um, even if he's unless he's like a complete if he's getting like at least 50% of the save chances, which I doubt, but you know, Hernandez, I thought would be a sneaky, like last month and a half of the season, uh, addition. But yeah, if if he's not seeing all the, all the save chances, then definitely hurts his value, especially with the Rangers who are not expected to win a ton of games down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I was, I was definitely enamored with Hernandez as well. I picked him up in a couple of leagues and have been hoping Fingers crossed that he would get a save and he has not done so in quite a while, even though he has pitched pretty well in the appearances that he has. But yeah, it's really hard to tell what's going to happen here. I mean, Matt Moore is a free agent after this season. They really shouldn't have any loyalty to using him in save situations unless they like talk to him and we're just like all right bro we're yeah. gonna we're gonna do our best to get you paid this off season. like
0: yeah, yeah
1: i don't know about that but he's actually been really, really incredible this season i wrote in my reliever ranks last night that uh he has a 2.02 ura which is the second lowest behind justin verlander among pitchers with at least 55 <laughs> innings pitched and that's a that's a pretty good list to pretty be impressive. on <laughs> yeah especially for a guy who was a top prospect as a starter and never really panned out and now he's finally coming into his own as a reliever <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> that is yeah. true yeah
1: 20 2011 i was how old was i like 14 um <laughs> that's crazy yeah i I, re- I remember him coming up i can't believe i still can't believe they had him above like bryce harper and mike trout and stuff but yep. hey yep. neither of those guys <laughs> have been as good as matt Moore this season to be honest what because of injuries? <laughs> yeah, I, but, um, I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe not in the, in the war section but uh <laughs> in the ERA section he's definitely beating both mm-hmm. of them. Actually, you could say that both of those guys have zero ERAs, but <laughs> mm-hmm. nonetheless, let's uh let's let's close things out. Let's uh let's cover a couple bullpens that we're going to be looking out over next week whether that be looking for guys to take over a closer role or just trying to see what's going on like we talked about and basically all the bullpens it's just everything's up in the air which bullpens are you looking at?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of all the, the bullpens we've talked about here. Um, you know, San Diego, obviously, I think that's going to take some time. but Yeah. To, to, just to see how they transition, like wh- what they do until they're, they're ready to move Hader back into the role. Um, that's definitely going to have some fantasy implications for, you know, that team should. I know they're struggling right now, but. I still believe they'll figure things out. There's just there's just too there's just too much talent there to to not turn things around. But who knows? Um, yeah, well, I mean Ryan Brian Presley injury today too. Seeing how where Houston has a bunch of options to turn mm-hmm. to, so seeing where they go for that uh, will definitely be something to watch. Uh, and then yeah, the Yankees. I mean clay holmes is back monday does he go right back into the closer role or do we get someone else is there a new name there are they gonna mix and match with you know peralta and eliza or something like that uh definitely a lot to figure out there so yeah those are definitely the three teams that are keeping an eye on because they could have you know big implications for fantasy and just the playoff races and baseball in general right now mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, those are great calls. That Yankees bullpen is just way up in the air in the NL West. I It's like every single team out there other than the Rockies and the Giants seem to uh, be struggling to settle on one closer. So I, I think that's going to be the division I'm watching this week. Last week, it was the AL West. Now I'm going to be watching the NL West. Not that I wasn't already as a Giants and A's fan, but yeah, I'm there's, there's just so much going on. I don't, I don't think, I never thought that we would get to this point in the season. Cause it thought it seemed like everything was getting like very secure. Everything was being cemented. It seemed like a lot yeah. of guys were, you know, latching onto roles and like, it was just going to Seemed like everything was getting figured out finally. And now we're just, it seems like, it feels like April again, where it's just like, all of the closers are just up in the air. You don't really know who's going to get it. And there's not really much time for things to get figured out.
2: No, that's we're running out of time and yeah. This week was super chaotic and just kind of came out of nowhere with you know injuries and you know Hater and Kimbrell losing their jobs. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's not the time it's not the time you want to see any of that.
1: Mhm. Well, I I hope for the best for all those guys dealing with injuries. I hope for the best for the fantasy managers that are trying to figure out what's going on with their josh Hader shares and that kind of stuff but things will get ironed out within the next couple of weeks and hopefully we get some clarity within the next week it, but before we also, uh go ahead go I ahead
2: say also and just a weird note and something that just happened um edwin diaz pitched the eighth and got a hold tonight while adam Ottavino got the save in the ninth inning so i mean that's like apparently buck walters going with that trend of pitching your best guys you know in high leverage spots not it's not necessarily the ninth inning so i don't know if that's it feels like something new there i don't i feel like diaz I, usually done gets the ninth times no matter this what this year
1: they've done that a couple yeah, times okay, where he's yeah. used it against the the middle of the order but i mean it's the colorado rockies on the road yeah, so like, i don't know what he was scared about
2: <laughs> exactly but yeah it's <laughs> nothing to worry about or panic about but just thought it was interesting to and that definitely hurt you know it's tough for you, anyone who's got Edwin Diaz that yeah. missed out on a save tonight.
1: Moving down from the number one closer <laughs> down to the bottom of the list now. Come on. Yeah, Yeah. well, Mid-tier. yeah, I think he, <laughs> I think he's going to be fine. But uh, yeah. before we end the podcast, why don't you go ahead and link, you know, what you've got going on in your socials?
2: Yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at I am Rick Graham, And, you know, as always, putting out Um, putting out three lists each week for closers, holds and save plus holds. And, um, just, you know, other than that on pitcher list, definitely check out the reliever ranks each day that, um, Jake and the whole reliever team have done a great job with so far this year. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's been uh it's been a long year of r- reliever it's a grind. Writing. Oh, it is a grind. Yeah, I've <laughs> been uh August has not been kind to me in terms of uh keeping up with all the stuff. I've I've got a a long few weeks ahead of me catching up on pictureless articles and uh everything, but I I've still been staying strong on the reliever ranks twice a week. So, that's where you yep. can check out my work there. I've been uh trying to get more stuff up on the athletes Hub as well. So, Let's hope I can get back to the usual on that. But you can also find some of my work at uh, Baseball HQ as well. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. But do you have any uh, final thoughts?
2: Uh, Nothing really. Just, you know, hopefully hopefully we get some of these answers uh, figured out by the next time we talk next week
1: yeah stay strong fantasy managers uh it's the it's the final stretch now is the time to put in the most work because this is where this season counts the most absolutely all right well talk to everybody next week